welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today I get to chat with two amazing women, Elena and Suze, Susan. So welcome, ladies, to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm going to start by having Suze tell everyone a little bit about who you are. Hi, Alex. Hi, Elena. I'm so excited to be here. I have a feeling we're going to have a really juicy and rich conversation together. So my name is Susan and a lot of people call me Suze. And I am a coach and a healer for women. And I'm really a sensuality and femininity expert. So what I do is I help women get in tune with their their inner power and their sensuality and their sexuality and really reclaiming the deepest parts of themselves through deep self-discovery. And I use a lot of energy work and womb healing in the process as well to help women really feel fulfilled and feel successful and, and feel, feel like they're, they're the goddess that they are. I love it. And I loved the words that you were saying of just like reclaiming the deepest part of themselves through discovery. I think that's so empowering and I can't wait for us to talk more about that as we get further into the episode and Elena welcome tell everyone a little bit about yourself yes also so excited for today's conversation I feel like we all have like such like a different perspective um on the topic of self-love so it'll be interesting to dive a little deeper into it so thanks for having me um honestly it's probably good to give like a little uh, background on how we all know each other too we all work at Alchemy um, I did know Alex before that, but we all got to know each other from Alchemy as coaches. And I also have my own side hustle of doing coaching with women more based really around self-love. So I'm like going to totally geek out over this conversation, um, but really helping women in their healing journeys, whether that be like getting out of a toxic relationship or dealing with codependency or maybe being with a narcissist, um, things like that, because I've had my own experiences in the past. So I can really relate. And I really am focusing on, you know, using my mess as my message, like that whole concept and really tapping into that and being vulnerable. So other people can learn to be vulnerable with themselves and learn to love themselves along the way. So that's what I'm all about. I'm kind of reconfiguring my business right now and how I want to uh, provide content for people and be an outlet for people to, um, you know, help them along in their healing journey. So this is fun. I'm excited to talk more about it with you guys. Yay. What I think is so cool about both of you is you took your own personal experiences and saw that other women have experienced what you're going through. And instead of 
just like navigating it solo, you took what you've learned and now you're offering it to help other women in their healing journeys or in their empowerment journeys. And you want them to really feel like they're able to step into their own and you want to empower them and guide them and let them like rise up. And I think like, that's so cool to see. Cause as women, we need to be able to support each other. It shouldn't be like, you against me like we're all just trying to do our very best and the more we can come together and support one another it's just going to be like that much more of an incredible experience a thousand percent yeah all about the women empowerment (laughs) so the topic today is self-love and the reason I wanted us all to have this conversation together is because like we were talking about before we started recording is we have very unique experiences and unique definition around what self-love is. And I think sometimes we can feel like self-love is one thing, but that's simply not true. The way in which we love ourselves is going to shine through differently for every person. So Suze, I would love to hear what self-love means to you. Great question. So to me, self-love is all about knowing yourself, knowing who you are and and getting to know all the different parts of yourself. And and I really believe that when we know ourselves and know ourselves on a deeper level, other than just like what you do, what your job is, and like kind of more like the surface level identity, I really believe that when we know ourselves better, then comes acceptance for who we are. And, and, and then love, love is like the root of all of that too. But something I remember kind of, diving into a few months ago was if you don't know how to love yourself just get to know yourself first because that's the pathway into to loving yourself and i i also think that self-love is is knowing how to take care of yourself really well and so when you know yourself you know what your needs are and what your desires are and then and then you know how to meet them and and once we know how to do that, then it becomes really easy to attract in other people that do that for us too. But it's like, we always have to go first. I think that's such a great reminder that we need to be able to nurture the relationship of self before we're able to pour out into other relationships. And oftentimes, especially in the society and culture that we're in, we can feel pressure to seek a relationship. And we haven't even taken the time to get to know ourselves, like you were saying, Susan, like find out who we are, find out what our needs are. We think that by having a significant other, that's going to fulfill our needs, but actually looking inward and nurturing what we need within ourselves and who we are and figuring out who we are, I think needs to be like the top focus that we focus on. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a similar, similar answer, uh, tying in my own experiences too, but I do really think like the root, like where you start to learn how to love yourself and where self-love comes from is finding yourself and like figuring out your wants and needs and like how to fill your own cup up. Um, with that, like if you have gone through like tough relationships, um, or tough breakups in general, like a lot of the time you need to learn how to retrust yourself. So I think like trusting yourself, finding yourself, forgiving yourself too is a big one. I think a lot of people tend to hold on to shame and guilt from past relationships or things they've been through. And I can speak for myself. I have also dealt with that. Um, And then really just like eventually getting to the point of loving yourself, all these things fall first. 
But uh, I think like exactly what you were saying, like the biggest thing is like honoring your own needs and wants and your boundaries so that you can show up as the best version of yourself and pour that out into other people. I think like self-love and self-care sometimes gets this like bad rap of like being selfish, but it's not really selfish if you think about it, because if you do these things for yourself, you're going to show up as the best version of yourself for other people. Like they're going to get the best potential out of you. And I think that's what it's all about. Not this drained version of yourself or this, I don't know, uncomplete version of yourself. That's a really important note is self-love, self-care isn't selfish. And the more that you can remind yourself of that and let go of any feelings of guilt around it is going to be really important, especially if you're someone that's new to starting your personal self-love journey, because you might have feelings of guilt and you need to be able to let that go. And I'm curious for either of you, when you started your own personal journeys, was there feelings of guilt and how did you learn to work through that for someone that's listening? That's maybe like, how do I take time for myself? by when I feel like I should be doing these other things. And like you were saying, Elena, like we need to be able to feel whole before we can go out and do other things into the world. Yeah. I really think it like came down to like finding myself. I think when I started my self-love journey, I like literally was not aware of what I wanted in relationships, what I wanted out of life, what I needed um, to really be the best version of myself. So, you know, like I was just always putting other people's needs before me and like, whether that be in a relationship or just like friends in general, like I was the people pleaser. I was, that's like where a lot of the codependent tendencies come from. Like just trying to be and do as much as I possibly can for other people, give, 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 and not receive. Um, so like learning like little ways to be able to receive from people um, started to kind of like dissipate the guilt. And I think actually a really, uh, a thing that my therapist told me that really helped me like, you know, comprehend that concept was like thinking about like, if someone were to give you a compliment it was really hard for me to receive compliments from people um, and like shutting it down, like what that feels like to shut it down for someone else. Like they're giving you the gift of a compliment and you're just going to shut it down and be like, nope, I actually don't believe that. Like, that's not true. When they went out of their way to say something nice that they genuinely meant, um, like how does it feel to shut them down and not let them give to you? Um, I think that was like, cause that seemed not selfish to me. Like, oh, like I'm not letting them give, like I need to be able to like receive so that they can feel good too. And like that concept uh, made it like less, feel it like less guilty and less, it was just like a kind of like an opening of the door to get into the, the whole realm of self-care and like making it more about other people at first a little bit in my head perspective wise, so that I could, you know, eventually learn that. I can also, you know, get it for myself. That makes sense. So Elena, what you just said is that's like rule number one of femininity and coming into our femininity is learning how to receive, opening to receive. So just as like a little side note, um, everybody's got masculine and feminine energy inside of them. So this doesn't have to have anything to do with gender. Um, but women tend to have a higher capacity of feminine energy in them. And I don't know how this happened or when this happened, but 
there was a certain point in history in our society where like the feminine energy was was sort of like shut down and so i think that's that's maybe the root of where we started to think of of receiving as as selfish and and became started to become more uncomfortable with receiving but when when people ask me like what's like one tip the first tip to starting to come into your feminine energy i always say learn to get really good at receiving compliments because i feel like that's the doorway if you can receive a compliment and not shut it down what else can you start to open to receive so like higher amounts of love and higher amounts of money and and better friendships and better everything and it all starts with learning to just receive a compliment yep just starts that small but then yeah of course builds its way up to bigger and better things yeah yeah i love that yeah i was just gonna say i love that too i think that's like such a good reminder whenever someone gives me a compliment i instantly feel like i have to give one back versus just being able to receive it so it's a good lesson to like think about and challenge yourself a little bit of like if someone's giving something to you allow them to do that don't feel like it has to be something you shut down it doesn't have to be something that you reciprocate like they're doing that because they want to and they want to pour into you and it's the same thing like you can pour into yourself and like receive that and be okay with like not feeling like you have to explain to anyone else why you're doing these things for you as long as it feels true to who you are and the path that you are on and the path that you're creating yeah, I think the reciprocation thing is a good point to mention too. I mean, it's not always about shutting it down. It's like, you're so used to giving maybe as a person. So like you feel like you have to give back and think of something that, I mean, not that it is not ingenuine, but like, yeah, you feel like you need to give as well, but it's just literally accepting and being like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. Like, that's all it takes, you know, to let them feel good in the process too of giving. Sue's with your personal journey had you ever experienced feelings of guilt around starting this at all I I know what your answer is but I still want you to go into it so my answer is no so I think I'm a I'm maybe a bit of an oddball in this sense which is good but I never felt guilty about about going into my own self-love self-care journey I think that maybe the the emotion that came up for me was more like a FOMO thing of like, by me saying no to other things and on situations, I, I had more of a feeling of like, but what am I, what am I missing out on? What am I saying no to? But there was always something in me that knew that could see beyond this, the immediate situation and could see a higher perspective and, and could see a bigger vision for my life. And and so I, it's like I always knew that I was going to have to say no to certain things and start to do certain things for myself. And I knew that that would help me step more into my potential and step more into who I want to be. And I, it's like I always knew on some level that when I do that, that's going to give other people permission and that's going to show other people the way. And and I, I came here to serve in that way. And so the only way for me to serve is to first do it myself. You are basically what you're talking about is like you doing that has exactly what you said. It's allowed other people to feel like they can start to find their own personal self-love journey. It doesn't look exactly the same, but it's giving exactly like you said, that permission, which it can be like a scary thing to be the first one to do something with 
like the group of people that you know, but then, and it can feel like, oh, is this like what I'm supposed to do? I don't know. And then you see someone else do it and you're like, fuck, she's doing it. Like, why can't I do it? Like, look how happy she is. Her energy radiates out. I want that for me. And so like both of you are showing women and men, like taking care of yourself, it's freaking important. And this kind of ties into like what my answer for like what self-love is, is it's taking care of like your needs and knowing that it's okay to do that because you taking care of yourself allows you to be the best version in this life. And when you show up as your best version, that's going to be how you can support those around you. And so like you filling up your cup allows you to be a better friend, a better mom, a better sister, a better wife, a better spouse, whoever it is. And so people in your community should understand that because it's you filling into what you need to like recharge, to revive, to feel good. And it's not selfish, even if other people think it is like, that's a whole different story. That's a little bit of like internal work that may need to do on themselves. And when you were talking about the boundaries thing, like that is self-love, like boundaries is self-love. And like Susie, when you said the, I had to say no in the book, quit like a woman, she says, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to yourself. And I like, that was mind blowing to me because it's so true. If we can say no and like stand our ground to the things that like we don't actually want to do. We're saying yes to what we do want to do. And we're saying yes to ourselves. And that's really hard when you feel like you might be missing out or you're letting someone down. But at the end of the day, like you'd rather let someone else down than let yourself down. Yeah. And I, something that has come up as we've been talking about this too, just that I've been reflecting on in my own journey is I used to hold a lot of anger inside of myself and and anger was like kind of the main emotion that would come up for me a lot of the time. And I, I at some point learned that anger for me was a representation of like my boundaries had been crossed or my needs weren't being met. And me showing up angry, like I, I think Alex, you can probably speak to it's not fun to be around me when I'm angry like people can tell whether I'm saying anything about it or not like you can tell and so that's why I've never thought of self-love and self-care as selfish because what's more selfish is me walking into a situation angry and then bleeding all that angry negative energy onto onto everyone in this space because whether we're aware whether we're consciously aware of of energy and emotion or not, we can sense that stuff. And especially as women, we're very, very sensitive to that kind of thing, which is a gift. But it's like, you can tell when somebody's not showing up as their full self. You can tell when somebody's, when someone's harboring some sort of like negativity or anger or some sort of something that they're hiding inside their body, inside of their system. And there's like, there's nothing to hide when you're just taking care of yourself. And then you really can show up as your best self. And that's the best thing that we can do for the world and for our communities. That's the best way to love the community is show up as your best self. I am curious for both of you, what does self-love feel like when you are doing acts that fill you up or taking care of your needs what does that feel like to you or what does that look like self-love for me is like very energizing because like I tend to 
I'm a more introverted. So like I get drained very easily by things like by people. I love people and I love to be social, but I also like know my boundaries when I like need to recharge and take time alone. So like that time alone is like self-love to me, like re-energizing myself with things that fill my cup up, like we've mentioned, um, and doing that for myself, like being able to say no to things. Like, even if I like, you know, I want to see my friends and do things, but like, if I'm completely drained at the end of the week, they're not going to want to really be around me. Like it goes around like that same concept. Like I'm just not going to show up as the best version of myself. I'm going to be like a shell of a human. And I know I'm better than that. And I need time to be able to recharge and feel energized again. And like, that's what self-love is to me. It's just re-energizing myself. I'm just version curious both of you have kind of said like when you say no because you realize like you're drained or not you're angered or like angered angry (laughs) you're not going to show up like as your like true self do you just say like nope not coming or I have the tendency to feel like no this is why I'm not coming and I feel like I always have to give an explanation to why I need to like meet my needs do you relate to that? Or if you do, how did you, how do you navigate to just be like, no, because for me personally, I have a hard time just being like, nope, going to stay in. I have to explain to myself. I mean, I think like you should have to explain yourself. Like, I think that kind of like shows, uh, you know, true colors of like your relationships that you have. Like if you have, if you feel like you need to explain yourself to someone and they don't understand why you are saying no, like, I think that is like, well, maybe you need to like reevaluate that relationship. Like that person should be supportive of you and like what you need and want at that point in time and like not take it personally. Like, I think that's like a, a step back for them to like do some inner work too. And like, be like, why am I getting so like, why am I taking this personally? Like, like it's not personal. Um, but I think like an easy way for people to ease into the whole boundaries thing. Cause like, I do work a lot with people that are tend to be people pleasers and like have codependent tendencies. Like if it feels better to have a reason behind it, um, I think that's a good place to start, but like, you don't really need that at the same time, but you might need to like start there to get to the point of like feeling comfortable, just saying no, because you don't need to have a reason. You just don't, it's not a hell yes for you. It's a, yeah. Alex, what do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say, fuck you, I'm not coming. (laughs) No, I, I wouldn't, maybe I would be that harsh. I don't know. I always like to just be honest and, and blunt. And I, I've learned to surround myself with people that are the same way. And so it's, yeah, I've, I've created that kind of a vibe around me. I understand the need to kind of explain, um, but I, I feel like what I started to get really good at is is just stating how I actually feel. So if I'm saying no, just saying, I just don't have it in me, or I, I just can't, I'm too tired today, or I just, I won't be my best self if I show up and do that right now. And and if, if there were people along the way who couldn't accept that, then they just, there was no room for them in my life. And I've, I've never had a problem with, with ending a friendship or, or vibrating away from somebody if, if they weren't respectful of 
of my boundaries and my choices. And I'm always respectful. I'm always so happy to be respectful of, of somebody else's boundaries and choices. And so I want to be surrounded by people who feel the same way. It's a good reflection of like, who is probably actually doing their own personal inner work and who's not. And I actually saw this morning on Instagram, it was this post about toxic friendships and how toxic friendships are people that you feel like you have to over explain to people that you feel like you can't give honest feedback to about a certain situation or things like that. And I hadn't really thought about toxic friendships in that sense before, but it's true. Like if you have to tiptoe around people that you're engaging with, it's like, is that really someone that you want to be around? No, you probably want to be around someone that you feel like you can be totally authentic and vulnerable and real with. And you can tell them maybe something that upset you that they did. And you can be honest with them and they know what your boundaries are and they respect your boundaries and they don't push them. And I think it's a really important thing to think about, like in terms of self-love, finding people that support your journey is going to be a really important thing when you start to do this type of work, if you're new to it. That's why I think that if, if there is no one in your life, like, cause sometimes when we start to do these things, sometimes it's, it's creates a little friction with family. And I was just reading about this in a kind of a different way in this book last night about how like in people who have known you for a while, they know like some version of you. And so it, it can it can be quite uncomfortable for them to start to experience a different version of you. But that's why I think it's so important to work with a coach, a healer, a therapist, somebody that's on your side, that's got your back. Because when you feel supported in your journey and when you feel supported to study and explore and embark on things that that fill your cup and that are that are aligned with your desires like you're you become completely unstoppable and that's why this this might be a controversial thing to say but the stigma around like mental health like i always say to myself i'm always confused why people think there's a stigma and i understand that that there is however However, like to me, the way that I look at mental health and like working with somebody who's like a therapist or a coach is I think the most powerful thing we can do and the the, the way to get to the, the places of life where we can just really enjoy life is is to to f- like go into and focus on the, the things that aren't working for us and go in and clear the traumas and and get to the root of things and learn how to be better people like I think that's the coolest thing we can do and so I've never understood like if somebody thinks that that's uh like the stigma around it like doesn't make sense to me because I'm like that's the coolest thing that we can go and do is go and heal you know I and think, like a lot of the time sorry no go I think a lot of the time too, like to go off of that, like ten, like a different perspective, honestly, is like a lot of the time people don't think that they have these things that they need to work through. Like they're not aware or they don't think it's like a big enough trauma. Like they compare their lives to like other people's lives or things that other people have been through. And it's like, well, like that didn't happen to me. Like I didn't go through this like huge traumatic situation. So like, I don't really need therapy or I don't need like a support system like outside of my friends or my family but 
gosh, like if you can like, like start to build on that self-awareness and like realize those things and like realize that like you, even if you've had like little things, like everyone has something that they've been through that they can talk to someone else about and work through and become a better version of themselves. Like I just, you don't grow unless you do start to acknowledge the things that you've went through and the hard things and the hard feelings and the being vulnerable you can't get anywhere or, you know, live the best version of yourself or your life if you don't acknowledge those things and try to work through them. So I think it's, it's a little bit of well, a stigma. Well, I think that, that, that is a form of self-love, I think, is like being willing to reflect on your story and what's shaped you into who you are today and like being willing to talk about your past and like you were saying, Elena, like people might not even realize the stuff that they're holding on to. And like, Sue's, when you were saying like, why is it a stigma? I think so many people like for us to do this right now and have this conversation, like the three of us love this stuff, just having real honest conversations. But there are so many people that this would be the scariest freaking thing to do. And that's why I think like having this type of conversation is so important because it helps people to realize like, it's okay to speak your needs. It's okay to speak your truth. It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay to work with a coach. It's okay to tell someone about a situation that you're holding onto that like weighs you down. And it's important to do all of those things and it's necessary. And so the more we have these conversations, it helps people to feel hopefully empowered and it breaks down the stigma of a variety of things that we exhibit in our or experience in our culture. I mean, for me, like drinking is like, oh, she doesn't drink. She must have a big alcoholic problem. And it's like, I am fine talking about my drinking situation, but that was like something that took a lot of work and I was willing to reflect on it and have a better understanding. And I think the more people can feel empowered to just have a conversation. If it's a close friend, if it is a therapist, if it's a coach, that's going to be where you really start to kind of like lift the veil and get a better understanding of who you are. And you can start that journey of like reconnecting to yourself. And that is self-love. Yeah. I love that. Also, Elena, when you were talking, I also had a thought of, I wonder if for some people, they also don't know that there's better. And Alex too, when you were talking about like the toxic friendship thing, like I'm curious if, if people who people, some people might think that that's the norm, like that's normal and that's how a relationship is and that it has to be harder and that it's, and so it's like, there's this whole other world beyond that of, of really healthy things that actually are very exciting and very fulfilling in, in bigger and even better ways than, mm -hmm. yeah. As you're talking, we're all three like nodding, <laughs> um, but it's easy. I think it's funny. It's, it's not necessarily easy. It's easier for us in a significant other relationship to realize like when our needs aren't being met, but I find it at least for me personally, it's harder in a friendship to recognize when my needs aren't being met is one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking. And then secondly, I think people are scared to be single. It is not something that people feel empowered by, especially when you see friends at different life stages. 
than you are. You start to be like, am I too picky? Am I look asking for too much? Like all these things where you're like, maybe I just need to like settle. Maybe this is it. Maybe you're in a relationship with someone and you start to have these thoughts where you're like, exactly what you're saying, Suze, of like, you don't know that it gets better. And you start to be like, well, he doesn't want to do this, but maybe I'm not going to find anyone that's willing to. And you start to get in your head of like, this is it. But like, the truth is that's not fucking true because I personally believe like you will find the person that you are looking for that meets your needs, that is willing to do the work with you, to do the things that like you're looking for in a partner and you should never settle because of outside pressures. It's like the person that you want is worth the wait and it's okay if it's on a different timeline than the people around you. And I know you both have thoughts on this. And so I'd love to hear kind of what your take is on like, don't settle. Yeah. I think like the biggest thing that comes to mind right now, just thinking of the not settling thing is I think that people tend to, and I'm I'm like speaking on like a general sense, um, tend to like seek out validation from other people versus themselves. So like, that's why it feels uncomfortable to be single because no one else is giving you validation besides yourself. Like you really have to get vulnerable with yourself and like realize that like, like I'm the person that's going to give me all the things that I need. Like another person, another significant other isn't going to complete me. Like I need to find it within myself. So then again, like, I feel like we keep coming back around to this. Like you can be the best version of yourself with someone else. Like you're not, you don't complete each other. You're two separate holes. Um, and you don't need validation, although sometimes validation feels nice from other people. Like you need to be seeking that within yourself. And I think people really struggle with that because it's it's tough. Like that, that's what self-love is all about, is like trying to figure out like how I can validate myself without feeling like I need to get it from other people or other sources. What is your take on like not settling if you're in a relationship with someone and you're like, you know, this is probably it. I'm not going to find any better. So I am very against settling. And I, my perspective is like, there's billions of people on the earth. So when you, if you're with one person and you think that that's as good as it gets, that's a lack mentality. That's a limiting belief. And you didn't come here to, to be limited and you didn't come here. To, we're, we're not in lack. There's billions of people and anything that you can dream of, any any kind of person or personality or set of interests, any there, it, it exists. If you can dream it, it exists. And that that's not to be like fluffy, like, oh, whatever you dream of, like just manifest it. Like, no, like if you if you get really clear on what you want and what you want to experience, and if you know who you are. And then you just focus on yourself and you focus on what brings you happiness. People magnetize into your field and and also like people can change too. So like there might not be like maybe like sometimes I kind of think of it as like, well, right at this moment, maybe that person doesn't exist in that exact way. But that doesn't mean that they're they're not going through a transformation or a growth phase right now, too, where they are becoming that person that I want. And so and I just, why would you want to spend your life 
having known that you settled when when you have a deeper desire within you for something more and you can have more you always can yeah and it's like you i i don't i know that there's like a lot of pressure and i the the people that are putting that pressure on i i wonder if they're happy so any nobody puts any pressure on me like i don't have any of that in my life because I have taken a good look at who's giving me advice, who am I listening to, and the people, I feel like the people who tend to just give advice about things and then put that kind of pressure on, they're not happy or fulfilled, typically, or or they don't have what I want, typically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I learned many years ago when I started on my own journey into self-discovery and self-care and self-love that my journey is unique. It's like very unique. And just because this is kind of coming up, I'll just share this story. I I used to come to my mom's house and I just have all these memories of like sitting at her table, like crying or on the verge of tears and asking her like, where's my man? Like, I'm doing all this work on myself and like getting to know myself. Like, where is he? Like, why am I watching all of my friends meet these, these men and get married? And like, where's my, where's my man? And I remember I remember expressing that to one of the coaches that I was working with at one point, And she just said to me, you didn't come here to have that pathway. You didn't come here to meet somebody when you were super young and then get married right away. And that's other people's pathway, but that's not yours. And when she said that, I, I had this deep knowing within me of she's so right. Like the amount of growth and learning that I've done and stepping further into my true self that I've done over the past few years I, I am so thankful that I've gotten to do that first before going into marriage. And I'm so thankful that I've, I've gotten to have, have lots of relationship and dating experiences so that I, I know that I'll be so certain when I, when I am ready to step into that next level, because I think that, I think that something like marriage is, is very, very sacred. And, and so I, I want to be my best self when I, when I choose to step into that with somebody. And, and so for me, it's like the, the sacredness makes it so that there's like no pressure right now, because all all that matters is that I just continue to step into the best version of me. And we keep cutting each other off. Um, so I was just going to bring it back a little bit too, because something that's coming up for me too, is like self-awareness too. Like, I think people aren't, don't realize that they're settling at the same time. Like some people might, but some people don't realize that there maybe is better things out there. Um, and people, you know, like if you are in a toxic relationship, you tend to get like trauma bonds from that relationship and like anxiety that's coming up and people don't know how to differentiate between like your intuition and gut feelings, like this isn't a good relationship for me, or this isn't serving me or meeting my needs versus like anxiety or triggers or, you know, trauma bond like type things. So that's another thing too. Like you gotta think about that perspective. Like, I don't think people even realize sometimes that, you know, they are in maybe not a good relationship, toxic relationship. Um, so like, just that's kind of something that I've been doing with my content is like putting things out there. Like to help people realize that maybe they're not in the best relationship, like dating red flags and like what um, it takes to like actually heal from like a toxic relationship or what it looks like to be in a toxic relationship, things like that. Because I don't even, sometimes people are either in denial or so detached from their intuition 
and their gut feeling that they don't even realize that they could do better or they deserve better because they do. I, one thing that is coming up for me as you're talking is it's just, I think there's a lot of fear around it too. Like you might even know that that's not your person, but it's like, oh, to get back out on the dating scene, what? Like, no, thank you. Like, I don't, I want to start dating again. Like I'm in my late twenties. I'm in my early thirties. Like the thought of like starting over hell no. And I just think it's like, it's, there's some fear with that too. But when Suze, you were talking, like what was coming up for me is it's like, why would you let fear hold you back from leaving a relationship that isn't fulfilling you just for fear of like starting over when it's like, don't view it as starting over, view it as an opportunity to reconnect with the self. And like, this is your opportunity to invest in you. And it could be a season where you grow so much and you learn so much and you change. And like, from that, you're going to attract the right person, but be willing to leave a relationship that isn't serving you. Like Elena, you were talking about like, recognize the red flags. Don't just like push them aside. Like be okay with looking at, okay, is this my person? Things just like aren't feeling right. And then recognize it's okay to be single. Like being single is really empowering if you let it be, or you can choose to let it hold you back where you feel sadness, where you feel like you're missing out, where you feel like you're losing time or behind everybody else. It's really that perspective And I think something that you both do a really great job is you help women to feel empowered, to get the perspective of seeing like, this is an opportunity here to love yourself. You don't need someone else to fulfill you. And I'm curious, kind of your take or like words of advice that you have for people listening of like, be empowered in that season of singleness. Don't let it be something where you're yearning for that next relationship or yearning for that next person, like embrace this season that you're in. So first, first, I want to address something that you just said, Alex, about opportunity. So there's a book that I'm reading right now, and it's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, and it's by T. Harv Ecker. And if you're somebody who is interested in success and mindset and, and money and wealth, that's a really amazing book. And it's quite simple, too. But he one of the things that he talks about in that book is how there is a difference in mindset between people who are rich and people who are poor. And so people who are rich and who become millionaires, they have a mindset of everything is an opportunity. And people who tend to be poor have more of a mindset of this is a problem, this is an issue, or like that was a failure. Whereas the person who is going to be successful and who's going to get the millions of dollars, they're seeing everything as an opportunity to move forward and to grow and to, it's all an opportunity. And so I love what you said about like when you're single, it's an opportunity. And it's an opportunity to have have a different kind of freedom and to really get to know yourself and when I think about, so I'm in a, in a relationship, but there's something, um, I think that being single is like, it, that's an exciting time. Like you can have so much fun dating. You don't have to make it be like this 
oh, my end goal is to get into a relationship. And so I have to go through all the steps of like meeting people and getting to know people and like all the pain of like uh, being nervous and going to dinner with people. It doesn't have to be like that. If it's so, if it's really not that fun, then don't, why are you doing it in the first place? Like relationships and love, like all of it is, is meant to be fun. And it's meant to be like the richest, coolest thing that we can do. And so, yeah, it's like this really cool opportunity to get to know yourself and figure out what you want. And, and it's like the world is your oyster. Like you can be, you can, you can magnetize anybody in and you can be talking to multiple people and getting to know people. And I think that women forget that we are the ones who are being impressed. I think we forget and we think we need to go impress people. And so that's part of the pain and the pressure. But if we go back to like masculine and feminine energy, women tend to have a, a more feminine energy. And so we're the ones doing the attracting. And so the men out there are, they're the ones who are supposed to be impressing us. And we're supposed to have the choice here. And so I think of it as like the single life is like an opportunity to kind of just like sit over here and do whatever I want. And then people who are who are attracted to that, who are attracted to my my magnetism, they're just going to come in and they're going to try to impress me. And that's exciting. And I think that's fun. But I think part of the the feeling of like not wanting to be single is maybe because it feels like almost like work or something. So just make it fun. It's to me, it's like all just a mindset flip. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's like that growth mindset. Um, I think something else that comes up for me too is like, you know, it, it is work. Uh, but I also think there's like a fear, like you were kind of saying, Alex, around being single, like, you know, like not, you're constantly seeking that validation, like I was saying, or like, if you don't feel like you're worthy and don't feel like you're enough, you're constantly seeking that from other people. And that's not empowering. Like that's not an empowering feeling when you're single. Like if you don't feel if you're constantly seeking it and like constantly wanting to give to other people, like you got to come back into yourself and you know, it just all comes down to like filling your cup up and like learning these things to make it feel like an empowering situation for you. But I think there is like this, it's a learning curve though. Like if you're really far away, like far out from you know, feeling self, like having self-love within yourself and like feeling like worthy and all these things, like it is work mm. and it's not always fun being single. Like I definitely have a different little bit of perspective on that, but it's like worth it. It's hundred percent worth it, um, to feel empowered and seek out the correct people for you. The people that are going to actually bring out the best version of yourself and make you feel, uh, like you are worthy, even though that should come from within yourself. So. How do you, Elena, I'm just curious, because you were like, I have a different perspective on <laughs> being single and it's not always fun. What ways, when you find yourself like in that mindset, what do you do for yourself to navigate that? Because I think many people, even if we're like, it is a really freaking awesome experience to like be single because it's a way of like coming home to you and you get to fill your cup with the things that bring you joy and inspire you outside of a romantic relationship. But there's definitely going to be times where like, it's hard to not be like comparing to the people around you, right? We're constantly consuming, consuming, consuming. And so 
when you find yourself in that, like what types of things work for you to kind of flip that mindset or work through whatever it is that you're experiencing? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely like you were saying, like there is moments I've had my moments where I'm like looking at my own friends that are like engaged or about to get married. And I'm like, well, when the heck is my person going to come around? But, uh, I think that it really is like feeling empowered when you're single comes down to, I literally had the thought in my head and I completely lost it. Can you rephrase the question? (laughs) How do you move through feelings when you're feeling like you're in that comparison game or feeling like you're missing out or you're behind or things like that? Yeah. um, I think it comes back to like comparing not to other people's situations, but to like my own situations and like how far I've come uh, from like, you know, like the past relationships that I've had and where I am now. Like I started my first relationship in high school when I was like, I guess junior high technically when I was 13 um, and had a really long relationship in high school and it wasn't the best for me. And like just comparing where I am right now, mentally, physically, emotionally versus when I was like how I was back then. Um, and really just being like this, you know, being empowered by like where I've come from and knowing also that like my story is different than everyone else's. Like I have like a unique story and I also feel like I've like, I'm meant to be here to, you know, be able to tap into my own best past stories and past relationships to help other people. So like I mean, I just went through a relationship again that was toxic and I thought I'd learn all the things already. Um, But I just think like just tapping into that mess of what I've been through and like making that my message and being vulnerable with people is gonna help people the most Um, and not being ashamed, like not having this, like you gotta work through the guilt and the shame around past relationships and being single in general. I think people feel this like guilt and shame, like not worthy like of having a relationship that empowers you um so you have to be able to work through it it is work Mm -hmm. sometimes I do believe that and I think it's just remembering I mean it I'm in a different space obviously than both of you I'm married with two children um but it's like remembering each season really does have its purpose and it's easy for me to sit here and say that to like one of my best, two of my best friends are, have been single or dated on and off since college. And we talk about this a lot. It's easy for me to be like, your person will come, keep waiting. They will come versus another friend that is not married can say that. And it might make more sense, but I truly, truly believe like your person will come and there is a purpose to everything that we go through. And there is a reason. And it's so hard when you're in the thick of it to see that. But when you get to the other side, you're able to look back and be like, fuck, I learned so much about myself in that season of singleness. And like, as much as you can, like really feeling empowered in that journey, in the season, wherever you're at. And if you're someone that's in a relationship, like loving yourself is really important too, but wherever you're at, making sure that you're taking care of your needs And coming home to self and doing the things that fill up your cup are going to allow you to feel even more empowered so that whether you are single and you meet someone, hopefully you're able to recognize more like this is my partner. It's not someone that's going to fill a void. Like we have to fill the void and our needs ourselves. And if you're in a relationship, like recognizing, like, again, don't put that pressure on your partner. 
recognize what you need to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I think I obviously it's easier, like I said, for me to say this now, but I want people to recognize wherever you're at in life of like, there is a reason. And I truly believe like everything does happen for a reason. It's harder to see it when you're in the thick of it. But if you can allow yourself to start to practice forms of self-care and self-love and set boundaries and do the things that fill your cup, you're going to be able to feel that much more confident in this self-love journey. The, the one thing I'm curious about you both is how, like what practices and things do you use to empower people in this journey? Um, I, so a few things. I think that s- specific systems to get to know yourself are one of the best ways um, on the journey of self-love. So what I mean by that is like things like astrology and human design. Astrology completely changed my life when I learned how to read my astrology chart. That was that was like the beginning of, of me really learning how to love myself because there were facets of myself that it's like I knew, but on a conscious level, I hadn't articulated. And so that was really like a huge awakening point for me and, and changed my life and helped me claim my uniqueness. And um, some people are more into human design and that to me, that's a, that's another system that you can use to really get to know yourself. And so, like the Enneagram, that's another way that, that resonates more with some people. Um, the Myers-Briggs test, that's another system I think you can use to kind of get to know yourself. So I feel like to me, that's kind of like the base level. It's like, those are all things that kind of give you a uh, your first look into a, a deeper perspective of yourself. Another tactic that I use to help people through this kind of stuff is teaching them about their body and how to connect to their body. So I work a lot more with with femininity and sexuality and sensuality. And so I teach women about their anatomy and their pleasure centers and and teach them how to look at themselves. That's something that we never did. We never were, t- were never taught. We were actually taught not to look at ourselves. We were taught not to touch ourselves. And there's really sacred ways and safe ways to explore this kind of stuff. Um, I really believe that when a woman is able to look at herself and she gets to know herself and she really learns to befriend her body, that that's a really, that's like a a really direct path into self-love. And then just one other thing that I'll mention is just mindset work. So using things like mantra and affirmations and especially those are especially helpful for when we start to spiral. So if we're going into a, a spiral of like comparison, to me, it's like, like I always have a set of mantras that I'm going to look to. So like I, I am focusing a lot on like money and finance and wealth right now in my life. And so if you, you can probably see on the screen behind me, like I've got, I've got pieces of paper that have all my mantras written out. And so anytime I start to spiral, I pull out these mantras and I put my hand on my heart and I say all of them. And I've, I've, I've learned to say them and and take them in and think about how does it make me feel so i'm not into saying mantras and affirmations when they're just like when they don't mean anything there's this whole process of learning to retrain yourself so if you think about when you learned how to drive a car 
you had to think a lot about every little thing that you did which which foot am i using and what pedal am i using and how do i turn the steering wheel and it's like you have to think about it a lot but now when you drive a car it's like you don't have to think about it at all it's completely on autopilot because you've trained yourself so the same is true for learning new thought processes so if if like a woman has all these beliefs about herself and beliefs about relationships beliefs about love things like that and sexuality it's part of the process is learning to retrain those beliefs. And so it's this process of like learning to drive the car, so to speak. And so mantra, I think is very helpful. And then also meditation and breath work. So physiologically going in and being able to clear out the garbage and clear out the old stuff to create clear space to see and connect into our true selves and what we actually want. Yeah, I echo a lot of that. Um, I think that also another thing that I've uh, really focused on with my own feeling empowered is like paying attention to the things I'm consuming, like in all aspects of my life. Like I think like really also paying attention to those negative, like negative self-talk and like the, the things that are going through your head, the beliefs, the things you're taught. Like, I think there's a quote or like a statistic out there that it's like 80% of our thoughts in a day are negative. Um, as like a general thing for people. And so like tapping into that and like paying attention to the things you're saying to yourself and trying to like reframe it with like a positive or neutral statement, honestly. Um, so it's not so negative, but then again, coming back to consumption, like of course the consuming thoughts, but also what are you consuming social media wise? What are you consuming um, for food, for like all of this stuff, like makes you feel energized if you're eating the right things, if you're working out, if you're consuming, like reading books and things that are going to help you with your growth mindset and help you feel empowered to be single and love yourself and all of this stuff, like the things you're listening to podcasts, music, like all of that, uh, really helps with the empowerment feel. Um, and just like literally surrounding yourself with that constantly. Like I just did like a whole 180. And was like, I'm not even going to listen to or look at things that don't serve me, whether that be accounts that you're following on social media, like anything that's just not putting you in the right, like headspace. Um, that's something to like consider, like literally do like a checklist of all the things that you could possibly consume and like where you're at um, and what things you can take away and what things you could add in. Um, another thing too, I thought that was super helpful for me was like tapping into things that. I really like to do as a child so, and like coming back to your inner child and like what filled me up then because again like I think we can get so far away from like knowing who we are and like we can get we, we lose the identity like the self-identity um especially if you've been through like toxic relationships and things like that so it's like coming back to like things that you really enjoyed to do when you were younger like I was a dancer growing up so like being able to like take dance classes here and there and like again get into my body kind of like what you were saying Sue's uh, makes me feel more feminine. I like, I tap more into my intuition, like all these things come up for me and I feel empowered. Um, so whatever that is for you, whether that's like painting or drawing, or it doesn't have to be like artistic either. It's like working out, like whatever it is for you, like things that you enjoy doing, um, tapping into those things again, relearning that. I love that. And I think it's important to know, like everyone is going to have different things that fill them up. And I love what you're talking about, Elena, is like what feels good. Like self-love isn't just 
okay, I am going to take a hot bath today and relax. Like Susan and you both are saying, it's like mantras, it's meditation, it's movement, it's all these different things. And so I think if you're someone like new to starting self-love or maybe you're already on that journey, it's asking yourself like, what does self-love look like? What does it feel like? How does it make you feel? What ways does it show up? Is it you showing yourself compassion? Is it you being authentic? Is it you moving your body? Is it you looking inward and reflecting? Like there's all these different ways we can tap into creating our own personal self-love journey and working with different coaches or therapists are going to help you to dig in. But I think the first place to start just listening to what we both are saying is it's that reflection of really asking what what do I need right now? What am I looking for? And then how can I fill that need? How can I fulfill my self-love journey and reconnect and come home to me? One question that I kind of think is an interesting way to look at ourselves and kind of how we view ourselves is thinking about like, how do we, what do we already love about ourselves? And so I'm curious, what do you both love about yourself? It's a hard question to think about and it doesn't feel comfortable, but I think it's like a really important thing in this journey to ask ourselves, like, what do I love about myself? Uh, since I'm talking about this all the time, the self-love thing, like, I think that is something that I also like have like my own clients, you know, tap into and just putting that out on like my content through social media, like people don't think about the things that they love about themselves. And I think that's so important to feel empowered too. kind of coming back to that. So what I love about myself is like my ability to connect with people. I'm like really good at one-on-one connection with people and like making people feel heard and feel seen. And like, I'm really good at empathizing sometimes almost to a fault because I can, I can struggle with boundaries because of that, but um, really good at empathizing and like feeling all the feels and embracing that. Um, I think that I'm very like unique too. Like I think about things very differently and I like really like to observe and I'm a really good listener because of that. Um, being able to like take those things and then relay them back to people, uh, is something that I'm good at. And uh, I mean, I'm very curious too. That's, I think a big thing too, if like you are single and trying to have a growth mindset, like you need to be curious about yourself. Um, and other people and just like learning all the things that you can to be the best version of yourself, I think is a great thing to do. Those are some of the things that come to mind, top things to go on, but I won't for you. (laughs) I love it. I love hearing all those things. (laughs) And I love those things about you too, Elena. Thank you. Um, What I love about myself is my power I have this this very strong power and it's like a power and a passion and it 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 scares some people I think and maybe intimidates some people and and I think that when I was younger that that was something that I felt like I needed to tone down or make smaller and I now know that that's like one of the things that I love most about myself is that I know how to I I know how to hold that kind of power 
And I love my wisdom. I have a lot of wisdom that comes through me that I don't really know where it comes from. And it's a different perspective than what a lot of people know. And it's different from what we learned. And and it has helped me feel really empowered and I think helps a lot of other people too. And I I love my my mission, like my sole mission. I feel like that's something that I've unearthed within myself, but also something that was given to me when I came through in this life. Um, and my mission has a lot to do with helping women feel empowered and helping them reclaim their sexuality and bring this bring the sacredness back into sexuality and not have it just be like some physical lifeless lifeless pleasure form um and i love i love my sense of humor and i love my my open-mindedness i'm very open-minded about pers different perspectives and 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 learning new things and and learning new belief systems and I also really love my body. That's that can be a taboo and controversial thing to say, but I love my body and I, I don't want to change anything about my body. And I, I feel really connected to her and I think she's beautiful. I, I think that that, but that's what I think is so important is like, when we ask ourselves this question is like, what do I love about myself? It's, our personality, it's like our essence of who we are. It's our appearance. And like, but that's like scary and weird to say. And I think when you ask yourself these questions, like, what do I love about myself? Like, be honest and don't write down things. Like if you're writing this down as you're listening, like don't write down things that you want to change about you. Like write down the things that you love right now about yourself. Like I'm sure there are, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be like this beautiful, like unearthing of looking at yourself and be like, fuck. Yeah. I love blah, blah, blah about me. Like, and I think Suze, you say in your body, like that's empowering to people. We should love our bodies, but I personally like struggle with that. And I would love, I think to be able to say like, I love my body, but if I'm being honest with myself, that would be something that I think a lot about like wanting to change within myself and I am in my journey trying to find more ways to feel comfortable in my body and to love my body and the changes it's been through and I express myself in a way of like openly talking about that journey of like my body went through two pregnancies and it's totally changed forever for the better but it's like constantly reminding myself of that and maybe you haven't been through a pregnancy but you've experience changes as we all do in your body and it's learning to still love yourself and see the beauty in that and see the beauty in the different body types that we all have I think this is like a totally different like self-love conversation but I think it's important to know like I saw something on TikTok actually the other day and this is like parts of social media that I love where it's like maybe you're not meant to be a size two maybe your body is meant to be a size eight and you're beautiful that way. And it's realizing like, we're not all meant to be like tall, skinny pencils. Like some of us are meant to have curves and some of us are meant to have big boobs and butts. And like, it's, it's important to realize like, what would the world be if we all were just like exactly the same? It's just like, our personalities are unique. Our bodies are meant to be unique too. And that's a huge, huge part of like a self-love journey is learning to love the body that you are in the home that you are in and personally for me like 
that is where I'm challenged the most. I love myself in my, like, for me, what I love about myself is my personality. I feel like I'm very outgoing and personable and like people talk to me and I feel like for whatever reason, I make them feel safe and comfortable and like they can express things with me and they feel like they're going to be supported and it's not scary. And I think that's one thing I love about this podcast is I have these awesome, incredible conversations where people like you guys know me in real life, but there's people I reached out to on Instagram yesterday. I interviewed two girls from Hawaii and LA. They don't know me at all in real life. And they just like open up and I feel really grateful to be able to give that to other people and for them to receive that and like lean in and go with it. And I love that I can just empower people. Like I feel so, 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 so confident that the reason I went through my journey with alcohol was to help other people feel empowered and like recognizing like something really shitty can actually be turned into this really beautiful experience and it can bring really incredible relationships into your life. It can bring you new opportunities. It can guide you into like what you're meant to do. And I think like for me, I'm meant to help people, whether it's through alcohol or just whatever it is in their life to know that like they can do so much more than they give themselves credit for. And I don't know. I love that I just, have learned to not give a fuck about what people think. Um, I dance in my kitchen and I will sing and I will like post videos of me in my postpartum underwear at the hospital. And like, that took a long way for me to get there, but it's like, who cares what other people think? Because they're going to think it whether or not you post it. So like do the things that you want to do And like me being able to just show up as me is like probably the most like fulfilled I felt in the last few years is like just realizing like, if I want to do it, who the frick cares if I make that TikTok and someone else thinks it's stupid, I don't care. And I've learned to like love that about me. And I don't know, I think I'm working on the appearance thing for me. I like so badly want to be like, fuck yeah, I love my body, but I'm not there yet. And I'm being honest about that. So I don't know. I think it's an empowering thing to just think about what do you love about yourself? I think that the self-love thing, like coming back to like, what is self-love? It is like showing up wholeheartedly, unapologetically, authentically yourself in every aspect and like not feeling like you need to make yourself small to fit certain standards or beliefs that may be like limiting beliefs that you have in your head like you are amazing just as you are and like being able to like feel good about that and show up in that way is like you are going to fully love yourself if you are showing up as authentically as you can I read this quote actually I'm going to read it right off my phone I read it earlier today self-love requires a relentless pursuit of acting on your own behalf and taking care of yourself even when it's hard And I, I just love this saying of like relentless pursuit of acting on your own behalf. I think that's a really important thing to remember. It's like, you're doing this for you, you matter. And it's important to take care of yourself. Love that. Okay. My last question for both of you is if you had someone sitting in front of you right now that was either starting their own personal journey, feeling challenged in 
loving themselves, what would you say to them? And it's actually not my last question because I'm going to have one more after this. <laughs> what would you say to them? Well, I would ask. I would ask them to tell me more about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. What if you're me and I'm asking you, Suze, I'm having a really hard time loving my body right now. Mm-hmm. And this is true. This is, this is a real life question. I don't know how to start loving myself more. Like right now, the way that I love my body is honestly by sharing on social media that I'm trying to give myself grace. But even through that, I'm still struggling to actually like feel like I'm giving myself grace. Like I'm saying it, but I don't feel like I'm actually doing it for myself. And I don't know what other ways I can start to feel more beautiful in the body that I'm in. So I would invite you to look at your body and to listen to your body and to tune into your body and to understand like the inner workings and the life within your body. So rather than just looking at it from a physical perspective and an aesthetic perspective, bringing in a deeper, richer perspective of, of what are the, what are all the things that your body is doing for you? So it comes back to getting to know your body. So like, starting with what is what what is okay i have this in my body i have boobs i have a belly i have a belly button i have blonde hair just like going through and starting with basic things and then going to the next level of like what's going on inside my body like my heart's beating for me and like that that to me in and of itself is like so that to me like brings in so much love and it's like taking it beyond the aesthetic of like your body's working for you right now and every single cell in your body is alive right now and 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 connecting in with just like the energy and the life force that's pumping through you like what is it that's keeping you alive like there's something beyond just that physical aesthetic I'm going to go in a different, different route, not talking about self-image, but that is a lot of the time what, you know, self-love comes back to for some people. Um, I think like thinking about where you start in your self-love journey is like so overwhelming. Like even just like listening to that question, I'm like, where did I start? Like that is overwhelming. That's a lot to take on. Um, so I think just like starting small with small little habit changes, like that's like just putting your foot in the door, like slowly starting, like all of these habits, like do build up over time too. So like, whether that be like one thing I do, I learned from the high five habit by Mel Robbins, a book is I literally as cheesy as it sounds every day, I'll look myself in the mirror and give myself a high five. And I tell myself two affirmations that I actually believe, because I think like, like you were saying, Sue's like affirmations that like, don't have like you don't actually genuinely feel within your body. Like that's not going to resonate or do anything for you. So like, I always tell myself, like, I deserve to feel good today and I'm enough just as I am right now. Um, those are like my two affirmations that I always go to, but whatever works for you, like that works for me. And like, I smile at myself. I look myself in the eyes and like see myself literally, um, for like who I am as a person. And I think that's just like one small little thing that you can add into your day or whatever fills your cup up, honestly, just like doing one thing a day to fill your cup up. Like these slow, small habits are going to, you know, just exponentially get you to where you 
desire to be in your self-love journey. Mm -hmm. And I think practices that allow you to like reconnect within, Mm -hmm. I think is really important. And I don't know, I, this conversation has been so inspiring for me and like empowers me to want to go and take a look at like what types of things do I have on my calendar that allow me to reconnect to myself, that allow me to fuel up energy wise and what things am I saying yes to that maybe I wanted to say no to and like removing them from my calendar and being okay with that. And I think that's exactly what all of us want anyone listening to walk away with this is doing a little bit of self-reflection and looking at like, how am I showing up for myself? Am I showing up for myself at all? Could I do more of it? If you're single, feeling empowered in that and knowing that like, it's going to ebb and flow, but like seeing it as an opportunity as much as you can, but knowing that there will be times of challenge and then really asking yourself, like, what do I love about me? Because I think just doing that, you're going to just have a lot of self-discovery in that. And my last, last question, some favorite question is what is the ripple that you want to create? The ripple that I am creating is helping women to reclaim the deepest parts of themselves. So coming back to one of the first things that I said on this episode And I believe that reclaiming yourself through your sexuality is the deepest and most impactful way to do that. And so the ripple that I'm creating is helping women to feel empowered and feel totally unfuckwithable and feel totally incredible in their bodies and to feel fulfilled in their sexuality and their spirituality and in their creativity and and help them feel so confident and strong and clear in in that they're they're doing what they came here to do and they're being who they came here to be. Love that. Yes. Hell yeah. It's hard to follow up, but um, my ripple that I would like to create is I actually am going to kind of like steal someone's line from a podcast I was just listening to because it resonated so much with me. So I'm sure other people would love to hear it. It's this whole concept of like your worthiness is your birthright. I think people forget that. Like you are born worthy no matter what you go through, no matter what happens to you, no matter what guilt and shame you feel or harbor, like you are always worthy no matter what and not putting value um, for yourself from other things. Like your job doesn't defined, define your worthiness relationships don't define your worthiness. Like your singleness doesn't define your worthiness. Like you are always worthy no matter what. And like not letting other things of define your value because you have it all within you. We just need to tap into that and embrace that and feel empowered by that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. Where can my listeners find you? Seuss. Thanks for having us. First of all, this is so much fun to get to chat. Um, You can find me on Instagram at I am Susan Ray, R-A-Y. And yeah, that's the best place to find me. Same here. Also on Instagram. um, It's at Elevate by Elena, E-L-E-N-A. 
uh, yeah, it's very close on my content and all the good things. So definitely give us a follow. And thank you so much for having us, Alex. Like this literally filled my cup up right now having these conversations. I love a good chat about self-love. Me too. This has been amazing. And all this will be linked in the show notes. Until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples.